Well, good morning or afternoon or evening or whatever time it is, wherever it is that you're listening to this message from. This is Eric DeVitro, Senior Pastor of Grace Baptist Church. And we have a unique situation this morning. If you usually get this podcast and you're not really uh, usually at our services, um, this Sunday we had a special service. It was really awesome. Uh, but it ran about two hours and that was without me preaching. So rather than me just getting in there and doing the preacher thing and adding on my kind of 10 cents to the situation, we told everybody, hey, we're going to put the message out on uh, on the podcast and you'll be able to pick it up and we're going to uh, go ahead and continue with our series. Because we've started this series in the book of Ecclesiastes and we've entitled it blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Um, because of a phrase that occurs over and over in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, and it is a, a phrase that in the King James Bible is translated as vanity and vexation of spirit. Uh, in the, the New International Version, which is the Bibles that we have in our, uh, in our pews, uh, the phrase is basically meaningless, meaningless, everything is utterly meaningless uh, and chasing the wind, meaningless and chasing the wind is the way they've translated it. But in Yiddish, we would uh, we would simply paraphrase it as blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And the point is that the book of Ecclesiastes is really a book that is full of almost truths. It's intentionally that way. And it is human wisdom. The, uh, the book has been compiled by Solomon or, or someone uh, around that time um, who claims to be the king of Israel and Jerusalem and the son of David. So your options are pretty limited. And it is human wisdom taken to its uh, most absurd to demonstrate, uh, I believe as you read it, to demonstrate the fact that human wisdom is weak in the presence of God's wisdom. And the message that, that we have today comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 1, beginning in verse 12 and running to the end of the chapter. And this is what uh, the author of Ecclesiastes has to say. I, the teacher, Koaleth, the preacher, that's the word, the gatherer, was king over Israel and Jerusalem. I devoted myself to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under heaven. What a heavy burden God has laid on men. Now, that's an important theme. He's going to come back to that one, but let's just leave that for right now. I have seen all the things that are done under the sun, and all of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. But watch what he says in verse 15. Verse 15 is, is Hebrew verse, and it, it is a, a wisdom that we're going to pull out here. What is twisted cannot be straightened. What is lacking cannot be counted. I thought to myself, look, I have grown and increased in wisdom more than anyone who has ruled over Jerusalem before me. I have experienced much of wisdom and knowledge. Then I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom and also of madness and folly. But I learned that this, too, is a chasing after the wind. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow. The more knowledge, the more grief. Now, as you read that, as you as you look through that passage, there are some things that, that really should stick out at us. As we look at this, this human wisdom, we're immediately drawn into a, a dialogue of sorts with what he has to say. 
He's saying he has committed himself to wisdom. He's saying he grew and increased in wisdom in verse 16. He's experienced much wisdom. Uh, he's applied himself to the understanding of wisdom. He knows the difference between wisdom, between wisdom, oh, I can't speak, between wisdom and folly. And yet all that is empty. Now, if we simply leave what he says there, that broader context of what he says, he basically is saying, give it up because you can't figure it out. And that is almost true. But he has this wonderful little turn of a phrase, and I mentioned it before, and it's in verse 15. And he says, what is twisted cannot be straightened. What is lacking cannot be counted. Now, if you read that in the English Standard Version, it's <laughs> it says, what is crooked cannot be made straight. Now, the word crooked is pretty self-explanatory. Twisted, it means the same thing in Hebrew that it means in English. But the word straight, be straightened or to make straight, is the Hebrew word thakutz, and it has a very interesting function. Like many Hebrew words, it, 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 it has multiple meanings depending on its positioning. And this word, uh, it not only means that what is straight, can, what is crooked cannot be straightened, it also means that what is crooked cannot straighten itself. What is crooked, what is twisted, cannot straighten itself. And here we have a real gem of an understanding of human wisdom, the reason that it is pointless, the reason why this entire book is full of ideas that don't work. They might sometimes work, but generally they will not work, is that it is twisted. Human nature, human wisdom is by nature twisted. And Solomon makes the point that human wisdom is pointless because it is twisted. And wisdom's function, wisdom's purpose, is to straighten things out. So how are you going to straighten things out with a crooked straight edge? You can't take something twisted and make something else straight. And what we think is straight only appears straight because all of the standards we have are twisted ones. Consider this for a second, okay? Uh, I am a absolutely terrible carpenter. I am the worst carpenter in the world. I can make a crooked lie. Excuse me again. I can make a crooked line out of a straight edge, and I can do it every time. And the reason that I can do that is that I just don't have the ability to draw a straight line. But if I build something and I look at it and I say, it's straight, and then I say, well, if that's straight, then I should be able to then conclude that this also is straight. And from there, this is straight. And before too long, I built an entire building based on what I perceive as straight. But in reality, it is crooked and it is twisted. It is out of square and it will fall down. You know, the beginning of the modern era, the, the beginning of modernity, 
is often credited to Rene Descartes, who said, I think, therefore I am. And Descartes' point was that um, because he has the capacity to think critically, he exists. He would not be able to exist if he could not think. And, and really, Descartes' idea is kind of open-ended. It could also mean that um, thinking is the purpose of life. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that you could take out of it. But I think, I think Descartes' conclusion is actually faulty. I think you might better put it this way. I think, therefore, I am flawed. Human wisdom is twisted. And here's the deal. There is truth in human wisdom, but that doesn't make human wisdom true. There are truths contained in every world religion, whether it's Islam or Buddhism, Buddhism or Confucianism or Shinto. There are truths in those faiths, but that does not make them true. You know, a lot of times people who want to get around the difficulty of Christianity, they will say, well, you know, our, all faiths lead to God. Well, let's think about this for a second. God sits up at the top of a mountain and all the roads lead to God. And that looks really good. It sounds really good from a human point of view. It eliminates conflict. It eliminates problems. But here's the deal. Maybe the paths down at the bottom of the hill look pretty similar. But and, and they say, well, these have things in common, and they do, but the higher up you go, the more you realize which mountain you're on. Because the god of Buddhism, the god of Confucianism, the gods of Shintoism, the gods of Hinduism, the god of, of Islam, those are different from the gods of Christianity. They are different from the gods of the the god of the Bible. And so they are different mountains. So all the paths at the bottom may look really good. They may all look the same. But the higher you climb, you realize that there are different mountains. And human wisdom can contain truth, but it doesn't mean that all human wisdom is true. You can find truth everywhere, but not everything is truth. It can't be. It can't be because much of human wisdom contradicts other human wisdom. For, forget God for a second. Forget the scriptures. When we look at human wisdom, we realize that human wisdom contradicts itself. And there are irreconcilable differences in the human way of thinking things. Therefore, I think... Therefore, I am flawed. Because if I was able to be completely objective, if I was able to think completely correctly, then others would be able to do it as well. And we would have perfect human wisdom. And we don't. We don't. We simply don't. Now, anytime we, we broach a subject like this, we have to consider the question, what was Jesus' thinking about this? How did Jesus respond to human wisdom? Because uh, we talk about a baseline Christian being somebody who loves Jesus, hates sin, trusts the Bible. Here's what Jesus has to say in the book of Matthew, chapter 23. Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, these are men with tremendous human wisdom, sit in Moses' seat. So you must obey them and do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. Jesus has this awesome ability to be sarcastic. 
And he says, basically, look, these teachers of the law, these Pharisees, these guys with all this wisdom, they sit in Moses' seat. They are as good as the law. They're adding new laws so that you don't have to worry about how whether you break the law in, in, unintentionally or not. And he says, so you must obey them and do everything they tell you. But don't do what they do, for they don't practice what they preach. In other words, when you pile up human wisdom, when you pile up twisted standards, when you, like Jesus says in verse 4, tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders, then you create an artificial idea of what it means to be straight. A crooked idea of what it means to be straight. The modern church, the church that you and I live and breathe in, the church that you and I have interacted with, there is a, a more in common often in the modern church that we have more in common with the Pharisees than we do with the disciples. Because our thinking is all about getting it right. And ultimately, if you really want to get down to it, it's about getting it right for me. How do I get the answers right so that I can be saved, I can be redeemed, I can be blessed, I can receive? That the God of the modern church, the center of modern Christianity, is often the individual and not God himself because of human wisdom. Human wisdom says that people are self-serving. And so if you're going to, quote-unquote, sell them on faith, you have to give them something they want. A ticket out of hell, a passage to heaven, uh, health and wealth and, and God taking care of you, blessings, finance, whatever it is. We say to people, hey, if you just say this prayer, if you just do this thing, God will bless you because after all god came and died for you and the world revolves around you christianity is all about you go to a church where they don't have programs you like that's okay go somewhere else because you want to be the center of the world you are the center of the world you are the most important person in that congregation you need to be fed Every Sunday, you need that pastor to be there whenever you want him to be there and, and not be there whenever you don't want him to be there. You are all there is. But the problem with that is, and the systems, the problem with the systems that give birth to that, the problem is that scripture isn't about you. You're twisted. You're crooked. And human wisdom cannot make you straight. The appeal to your humanity cannot fix your problems. The only thing that can make you straight is the one who is straight. The only one who can open the doors of heaven is the one who holds the key. So, we talk about a Christian, we talk about a church, we say, what are we going to do as a church? How are we going to live as a church? And the answer to that question is very, very simple. We're going to find Jesus' vision and we're going to pursue it with everything we are.
because it's about Jesus and it's not about me. And we say, how are we going to get through life? How are we going to do what we need to do? And the answer is very simple. Love Jesus, hate sin, trust the Bible. We talk about our vision, creating environments where people encounter Jesus and journey together. And we encounter Jesus as our master or as our savior, the one who came to die for the sins of the world. And we encounter him as our master, the Lord of our life, the owner of everything I am. And then we encounter him as our model. We are called to submit to him and live his way, no matter whether we like it or not. And then as we were fleshing out our vision, we, we started to think about this journey together. And very quickly, I'm going to conclude with these thoughts, but I'm just going to throw them out there. That we journey in two ways. One is koinonia, Greek word means commonality. That we come together and have our gifts in common, our resources in common, available for the vision of Jesus. And then there's the second part of that journey. The first part, koinonia, it's our journey with believers. It's journey with our fellow Christians. The second part is diakonia, which means service or ministry. And that is when we take that commonality, that, that togetherness, that koinonia, and we manifest it to the world by serving and loving the world. With no ulterior motive, with no motivation to grow our church or be better, but we do it because that's what Jesus did and he's the straight edge and our human wisdom, it's crooked. <laughs>